This is a story from the borders of Scotland. Now, I, uh, when I started doing these stories, I dedicated the story of Tam Lynn to my Slovenian sister, Katarina Jovancic, because she'd, I'd said she did a talk about it once at the Science Festival in Orkney. And we were talking about this the one day on a video chat, and I said that, you know, you did this talk, and she shook her head, and I said, yes, you did, and she shook her head again, and she said it wasn't Tamlin, it was Thomas the Rhymer. I won't tell you what I said. But anyway, this is the story of Thomas the Rhymer. And so, once again... I would like to dedicate it to Katarina Jovancic, my little Slovenian sister. Now, Thomas the Rhymer was a real man. He lived in the 13th century in the borders of Scotland. His name was Thomas Learmonth, but he was also known as True Thomas, and he was the Laird of Erseldun. Now, one day in May, he was sitting by the banks of the Huntley Burn, and he was lying there in the sunshine, and he could smell all the beautiful smells of the wild flowers, and he was at one with nature, quite happy, quite content. And then he had a sound of tinkling bells and the footsteps of a horse coming towards him. He couldn't see it still, but the tinkling of the bells and the clip-clopping of the hooves got closer and closer until out of the bushes and the ferns there came the most magnificent, the most beautiful milk-white horse, and it had five and nine beautiful silver bells tied into its mane, and that was chingling as it walked alone. But if the horse was beautiful, the woman that rode it was even more exquisite, more lovely, more beautiful than Thomas could ever imagine. She was wearing a dress of green silk, and she had a green mantle about her shoulders that was made of velvet, and her golden hair cascaded down it like sunbeams. Now Thomas thought that she must be the Blessed Virgin Mary, and he went down on his knees in front of her and said, "'Welcome, Queen of Heaven.' The lady laughed, and said, Well, I'm not the Queen of Heaven, but I am a Queen. I am the Queen of Elfland. Well, he looked at her as she sat on her horse. She looked as though she was ready for a hunting trip. She had a golden horn slung around her neck, and by her side was a quiver of arrows. But he looked into those two deep blue pools that were her eyes, 
and he thought that she was just the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen, and her lips, they were as red as ripe strawberries, and oh, he longed to kiss those lips. And she said, Thomas, I know what your thoughts are. I know what you're thinking. You want to kiss my lips. I do, he said. That I would. Well, she said, I can let you kiss my lips. But it comes at a cost. I would pay anything, he said, anything at all to kiss the sweetness of those lips. Well, she said, if you do, if you kiss me, then you will be under my spell, and you will have to come away with me to Elfland and live there for seven years as my servant. I would gladly pay any price, he said. So, very softly, she alighted from her horse, and Thomas took her in his arms, and he kissed those lips, those strawberry lips. Oh, they were sweeter than strawberries. They were sweeter than the honey from the wild bees' nests. And as he kissed her, he fell deeply under her spell. And she said, Climb up behind me on my horse now, Thomas, and we will go. So he climbed up behind her on the horse, and they rode off. He didn't know where they rode, but they rode and they rode, and then it almost seemed as, seemed as though they were riding down into the earth. And they crossed a river, and they crossed another river. They crossed rivers of water and rivers of blood as well, before they came to a beautiful green garden. And there they stopped for a time, and the trees in that garden were hanging heavy with fruit, and Thomas reached out to pluck some of the fruit, but the queen stopped him and said, Those fruits are cursed, they're damned, and if you eat them you will be damned as well. But come, she said, I have something here. And she opened the bag, and she brought out a loaf of bread, and also a flask of blood-red wine, and they sat down on the grass, and they ate, and they drank, and they talked together. And then she said, Lie down with your head on my lap, because I will give you the power to see what is hidden from mortal eyes. I will give you the power to see Elfland. And so he did. She stroked his hair, and sight was given to him that he didn't have before. And then they sat up and they looked ahead, and she offered him an apple, a beautiful red apple. She said, Eat of this, and you will never lie again. This apple will give you truth, 
and a lie will never pass your lips after you eat this. And Thomas ate the apple. And after that, it was impossible for him to tell a lie. He was known after as true Thomas. And everyone knew that what he said was true, because they knew that he never lied. Now as he sat there on the grass, with his new sight that the Queen had given him, he was able to see that the country in front of them had three roads. Now the one road was absolutely beautifully flat and level, and down the side of the road there was lovely green banks, and they were covered with beautiful wild flowers and it looked so beautiful. The second road led up a steep brae, and it was rocky and rough, and on either side of it grew great bushes of gorse and brambles, and their cruel sharp thorns stuck out over the road. The third road led up a brae into the hills. And it was a fine green road with ferns growing on either side of it and heather off in the distance. She said, You see the three roads? Yes. The flat road, the level road, the beautiful fair green road with the lovely flowers, is the road to wickedness and sin, she said. And that road leads to hell. The second road that leads up, the rough, rocky road, with the thorn bushes and the brambles, that is the way of righteousness, and that leads to heaven. The third road that leads through the green places, through the ferns and to the heather, that is the road to Elfland, and that is the road that we must take. So he climbed back up behind her on the horse, and they rode along that road, and eventually they came to a great castle, and she took the golden horn from around her neck, and she blew it, and then all the servants came out. Now, Thomas, she said, you are to be my servant, but I have to warn you, do not speak to anyone here other than me, and do not eat or drink anything that is given to you, because if you do, if you have so much as one mouthful of our food, or one sip of our drink, then you will never be able to go home again. So he promised, and he came into a beautiful hall, and the king of Elfland, her husband, came to meet her, and he led her by the hand to the end of the room where there were two beautiful large thrones, and they sat on the thrones, and a feast was prepared. Now they brought in carcasses of deer to prepare for venison for their guests, and there was also golden dishes heaped up with fruits. Well, 
Music played, there was dancing, there was laughter, and all the time Thomas stayed at the side of the hall, out of the way, never speaking to anyone, not drinking, not eating. Now this feasting and dancing went on for three days, and at the end of the three days the queen came over to Thomas and said, Thomas, you must be prepared now to go home. But it's only been three days, he said. You said seven years. Yes, she says, but time passes quickly in Elfland. Seven years has gone by in your world. But here it's only been three days. But it is now time for you to go home. You see... The fairy folk have to pay a tithe to hell. Every seven years, someone is taken to the Lord of Darkness who has us in his power. And I fear that as you are such a handsome young man, that they may choose you as their tribute. So come with me and you'll be safe. So he climbed up behind her on the horse, and they rode away, back down that green ferny road, across the rivers, and back up, back to Berwickshire, where he came from, right back to the banks of the Huntley Burn, where he had been sitting when he first met the Queen of Elfland. And she said, Alight now, Thomas and go home. But remember, I may call for you again, and if I do, I will send someone or something to summon you, something wondrous. You will know when the time comes. But, he says, can you give me something to prove that I was in Elfland? I've already given you the gift of truth, she said, but I will also give you the gift of prophecy and the gift of poetry, and I will also give you this, and she gave him the most beautiful, exquisite little harp, and she said, there, that is something that mortal eyes can see that was made in Elfland, and they will know that you are telling the truth, but then they will also come to realize that you never tell a lie. Go home, but expect a message some day. And the queen turned the horse around and rode away, the silver bells tinkling as she went. And Thomas went home. Now, his poetry and his prophecy made him famous, and a rich man too. And afterwards he was known as Thomas the Rhymer, because of the beautiful poetry he made. And also the prophecy that he gave was in the form of verse. He predicted events in Scottish history that had not yet happened, the death of King Alexander III, the Battle of Bannockburn, and also that a king of Scotland 
who was born of a French queen, would become king of all of Britain. And all these things came to pass. Now, Thomas lived quite happily back at home and back at Ersaldun, and his poetry and his prophecy was famous. And one day somebody came in and said, Thomas, sir, there, there is a, a strange, wondrous sight. What? he said. There's a white heart and a white doe are walking up. White heart and a white hind are walking up the street of the village. Well, he knew that this must be the summons from the Queen of Elfland. So Thomas went down to sea, and sure enough, there was a white heart and a white hind walking up the street, not showing the slightest sign of any fear. He walked over to them, and the deer stopped and looked at him, and he looked back at them. And then they turned around, and they walked away down the street, and Thomas followed them. They walked into the forest and out of sight, and no one to this day has seen Thomas the Rhymer since. <laughs>